welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that just means Moorhead. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's a bit of a rebel. Okay, I'll say that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who ain't played nobody. <laughs> I don't even really get that, but it's Trey. <laughs> Neither do I. I just had to say something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we've made it to the last conference in our preview series, the SEC. If you like the podcast, we ask that you follow us on Twitter, at CFB Bros, on Facebook and Instagram, at College Football Bros, and leave us a review in your podcast app. And it'd be really nice if you could give Ryan a compliment. His, he's got a really low self-esteem. Yeah. Please. <laughs> uh, thanks to Deep Cuts Vinyl NJ for his recent review. But let's get into the SEC West and we'll start with a game of fact or fiction. Trey, why don't you get us started? All righty. Fact or fiction, Alabama is the best team in the country. I mean, I feel like you can say fact on this like every single year since 2007. <laughs> so I'm going fact. Uh, they're the defending national champs. They had a ton of young talent make huge plays for them last year especially in the national title game, uh, you know, and they've just been this way for about a decade. So I don't see any reason to pick against them uh, until proven otherwise. So I'm going fact. I thought you might go with Clemson this year, Ryan. I thought you'd been talking about that a little bit. You know, if they had like a Deshaun Watson type quarterback or something, I would say yes, but I just don't see Kelly Bryant on that level. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say Clemson. Yeah, that's, I mean, I was obviously down to Clemson and Alabama, but I'm going to say it's a fact as well. Um, I definitely think Clemson's defense will be better than Alabama this year. So the question for me was, do I think that Alabama has, you know, a significantly better offense than Clemson? And I think that's the case. If you look last year at Massey Peabody's numbers, Alabama had a pretty decent edge over Clemson offensively. I think that gap gets even bigger this year. Yeah, I'm going to go fact as well. I mean, they're just a juggernaut and you can't really argue it. They're one of the only teams where when they lose production you don't really worry because they just replace them with with other talent talented four and five stars and and then when you look at this year in particular and we'll, we'll get into it later but their schedule is pretty favorable so there's no reason that they can't get their way to the playoff again and, and win it all and it's hard to uh it's it's hard to forget the the playoff game last year i mean they played each other yeah, exactly so and clemson looked way behind i know alabama loses a lot but still yep Okay, next one. Fact or fiction, Jimbo Fisher will make at least one playoff at Texas A&M within the next five years. So I, I'm i going to say fiction. I'm, I love A&M with Jimbo, but, you know, for $75 million, though, he, he better get him to a playoff. <laughs> yeah. He's, but he's, he's already recruiting at a high level. And really, if he was in any other conference, this, this specific recruiting would get them into the playoff. However, just looking at the 2019 recruiting already, they're ranked third, but they're just not quite matching unreal Georgia and Alabama's classes. And as long as Georgia and Alabama are there, I'm going to lean no, not to mention that the West is tough with Auburn and Mississippi State added in. So I lean fiction. Yeah, I'm going to go fiction as well. It's extremely hard to make the playoff, especially when you when you have Alabama in your division, not to mention Auburn and some other great teams. Um, and I think Georgia looks prime for a five-year run as well. So you'd have to figure those teams are, are going to be a, a notch above A&M, at least I do. Uh, I just think there's too many hurdles for Jimbo uh, to get it done. So I'm saying fiction. 
Yep, we're all going to agree again. I'm going fiction. I, I think they'll be in the hunt soon with the recruiting, like you said, Trey, but it's it's hard for me to say that there's a greater than 50% chance of them making a playoff anytime soon. All right, factor fiction. The Iron Bowl is the most exciting game of the year involving at least one SEC West team. I'm going to say fiction. Um, obviously, the Iron Bowl is great, but you know we see it every year, and and this year the point spread is is pretty high because it's at Alabama. So I'm going to go with a game that I'm most excited about, and that's Week One. It's really the first big game of the year: Washington against Auburn in Atlanta. I just I cannot wait for that game. That you've been high on that one, and I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah, Iron Bowl is it's king. And, you know, the West Division hangs in the balance every year, and it's one of the best rivalries. I love it. But I'm also going to go a little contrarian, and I'm going to say Clemson at Texas A&M. That's a good one, too. I know Jimbo's A&M team, you know, they they won't be competing probably for the playoff this year, but they catch Clemson at home, and it's always fun to see a top dog like that go on the road and, and see what they have, especially at Kyle Field. So that's one I'm looking forward to. I'm going to disagree with you guys and say this is a fact. Um, I think both teams are really good this year, and I think they're going to be both fighting for a playoff spot. So uh, the Iron Bowl could decide who goes to the goes to the playoff, or at least the SEC title game. Um, I just think it's the best rivalry in college football, and it's the most entertaining to watch. So you just you hope for a great game like we did a, a few years ago. All right, that does it for fact or fiction. Let's get into our tiered rankings and over under predictions. And our first category is the contenders. Ryan, who is the first contender? All right. Our first contender is Alabama. Their win total set at 11, and the over is the slight favorite at minus 115. So the big question here is who starts at quarterback? I think we would all be pretty surprised at this point if it's not Tua, but maybe Jalen Hurts will get some snaps here and there. Uh, whoever it is, though, I mean, they're going to have plenty of talent to work with. Damian Harris and Najee Harris might be the best running back duo in the country. Uh, wide receiver Calvin Ridley is gone, but Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Devonta Smith, they're all coming back after they played great as freshmen. Um, and they get some starters back on the O-line. Jonah Williams is maybe their best overall player uh, on the team. So the offense, I think, should be stellar, it's pro- probably with a better passing attack than they have the past couple years. Uh, defense, yeah, they have to replace eight starters, but who cares? Like, They'll still be amazing. The D-line still has talent. They got Raekwon Davis, Bugs, Keenan Williams, and Dylan Moses, that linebacker. I mean, they're just studs everywhere. So I, I, I really like Bama. I don't see too many stumbles, stumbling points on their schedule. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over, and I th- just think 12-0 and 0 is more likely than 10-2. and 2, So I'm, I'm 100% on board with what you had to say, Ryan. I agree. I'm, I'm going over on Alabama as well. I, I agree on the offense, all those playmakers that they have. The part I'm most excited about is the, the the point you touched on was the four of the five offensive linemen returning. Alabama always turns out good, good, solid line play. So the offense is in very good hands. Defensively, one name you didn't mention was a stud at linebacker, Anthony Jennings, who he's going to be returning uh, after he was hurt l- last year. And their, their schedule, it, it's very manageable. They have a chance to be double-digit favorites in every game. So I just don't see them losing twice. To me, I do have a question mark on this team, and you guys didn't bring it up. It's the secondary. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, they lost pretty much all of their top players there. So they're going to be counting on, on a lot of new guys, especially at corner, where they might need to start a JUCO transfer, Savion Smith, which obviously he's one of the top JUCO 
uh, players in the country, but still, he's he's a new guy. And there, a lot of people think they're going to count on a true freshman, P- Patrick Sertan, at corner as well. He's not an early enrollee, so very inexperienced, obviously. So I think the defense is going to be worse this year uh, because I think the secondary, of course, it'll be good, but I'm just not sure it's going to be great. Uh, but like you guys said, schedule is a breeze, so I have to lean over as well. Who is our next contender, Trey? All right. Next, we've got their Iron Bowl rival, Auburn, whose over-under sits at nine. Remember, even though Bama won the national title, Auburn did win the West last year. They returned Jarrett Stidham, and I got to admit, I have to eat some crow here. I, I just didn't think he would be as good as he was in the Malzahn system last year. So now he's returning, but he's got to return without four offensive linemen from last year. They do return Cam Martin at running back, and he's actually seeking Auburn's 10th straight season with a 1,000-yard rusher. Only Boise has had that same sustained success. Now, the defense, it's going to be led by their line, which returns a lot of studs, and it's almost almost comparable to, to Clemson's stout line. Other spots on the defense, they're going to see some youth, but there's lots to like with Auburn except for maybe their schedule. They start the season with Washington, as we know, and two of the last three games are at Georgia and at Alabama. So what's the other game? They, you know, the Citadel or whoever they play. (laughs) It's Liberty, I think. Liberty, yeah, they got... (laughs) But no, that's brutal. But uh, even schedule aside, I'm going to go over as I, I really had a hard time going through their schedule and seeing them lose four games. So like you, Trey, I definitely I really like the Auburn defense this year. I think it's going to be, you know, probably a top five or ten in the country. The front seven might be second only to Alabama in the uh, in the SEC. And actually, just like Alabama, the question mark on the defense is is maybe a little bit of a thin secondary. But overall, it's a great group. My issue with with Auburn, though, is I don't really see the offense being any better than last year. They had some receiver injuries that will hurt. Will Hastings out for the year. Eli Stove out at least half the season. Um, and then the O-line struggled last year. You know, they gave up a ton of sacks. And like you said, Trey lost a lot of production. So, I mean, the offense will still be pretty good with, with Stidham at quarterback, Ryan Davis leading the receiving core. But I don't think good enough to go 10-2 and two when you've got those two behemoths on the schedule on the road against Georgia and Alabama. So I'm going under. Okay, I'm I'm actually going to agree with Trey on this one. I really like Auburn this year. Um, I think Jared Stidham is arguably the best quarterback in the conference, and I think he's going to have another great year. And I just think with their lights out defense, I trust Gus Malzahn to to get the job done. So I'm I'm taking the over on the Tigers. Okay, that does it for the contenders. Let's move on to the dark horses, and our first dark horse is Mississippi State. Their over under is set at eight and a half, and the under is a minus one forty favorite. And I love Mississippi State this year. Joe Moorhead comes in. He's obviously an offensive genius. So I think you're going to see Nick Fitzgerald's passing stats improve a ton, uh, assuming he's healed from his dislocated ankle, which it seems that he has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Ryan, I'm going to bring up Joe, Joe Moorhead's head coaching experience at Fordham, which I think is extremely really, relevant. Really relatable here. I know. Totally. <laughs> Loyal listeners know that that's a bit of a meme between Ryan and I. Ryan thinks it's stupid to bring that up, but I don't. You're stupid. um and another reason to like mississippi state is you know they bring everyone back on the offensive line except for martinez rankin which is a big loss but should still be a good group 
Aris Williams back at running back. They had the top Juco wide receiver in the country, Stephen Guidry, which I think is is maybe the biggest addition because they're going to need some more explosive receivers. Uh, some of the guys on the roster are going to have to step up, but I think Guidry could could be their, their go-to guy. So I think the offense is going to be much better this year. The defense, despite some turnover in the back seven, should still be really good because their defensive line is, you guys talk about Auburn being almost Clemson good. I think Mississippi State's not far behind. Two All-America candidates on that D-line, Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat. So I'm all over Mississippi State. Give me that plus 120 over. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, I am extremely excited to see what Moorhead can do there in Starkville. It's enticing. Um, but I think some people, particularly Michael here, sounds like, are underappreciating how good of a job Dan Mullen did there. Um, so I'm not expecting Moorhead to come in and just shatter what Mullen was able to do. I'm also not expecting Nick Fitzgerald to be 100% back to normal at the start of the year. And even if he is, he's really not a great passer. And I know you think he's going to work magic with him, Mike. But I do. I just I kneel at the altar of, of Joe Moorhead. You really do. <laughs> yeah, I love him. Yeah, I, I'm not quite there yet. Uh, I like him, but we'll see. Um, so, I, I mean, you mentioned their defense is going to be great. So their linebackers and safety should even be solid. But their question mark is that corner. Um, and I'm not so quite sure they have a, a lot of great options there. Uh, so I'm going to actually uh, go under on uh, Mississippi State. You guys each each make really valid points. I'm, but I'm I'm with Michael. I'm a huge Moorhead guy. I mean, yes. when you when you look at what he did with Trace McSorley, like I don't think Trace McSorley's a better passer than Nick Fitzgerald is. So I think Fitzgerald's going to do well. Interesting. Well, we'll see how it bears out this year. <laughs> but uh, but and the the key coordinator hire was also bringing in uh, their defensive coordinator Shoop. He is uh, he's going to lead a solid defense. So their schedule also, it's not impossible, you know, even though they're they're in the West. So I trust Moorhead and Shoop to lead this team to go over into a nine and three type year. That'd be a fantastic year for them. Yeah. One game I'm looking forward to on their schedule is they go at K State. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Um a second game of the year, right? That's that'll be very telling. I'm I'm high on both of those teams. So yeah, that should be a fun one to watch. Yeah. But let's move on to our next dark horse. Who's that, Ryan? That is uh, Texas A&M. Their win total is being set at seven and a half, and the over is the slight favorite there. Um, yeah, we'll see what that uh, $75 million man can do for the Aggies. Uh, anything short of a, a playoff berth during his time there will have to be considered a huge disappointment, considering how much they're investing in him. Um, they have two experienced quarterbacks in uh, Nick Starkle and Kellen Mond, but you would think with Jimbo's more pro-style offense that Starkle would be a better fit, being that he can actually complete a forward pass. Oh. Wow. Oh, man. Oh. That's just that's oh. rude. It's so rude. <laughs> Travion Williams is back at running back, and he's a good one. Great speed. Receivers have the potential to be pretty explosive with uh, Jamon Osmond and Cameron Buckley coming back. Buckley in particular, he's he's a deep threat. He's got a lot of big play potential. O-line needs major improvement, and it's hard to see them playing at a super high level this year, especially with their their left tackle, who Coda Martin. He transferred to Syracuse, so that's going to hurt. Uh, so I think the offense will be pretty inconsistent. It's going to really rely on on big plays. Um, I'm going to let you guys kind of touch on the defense, which I think will be less than stellar, but uh, <laughs> I'm going under on the Aggies. I just think Jimbo's going to need some time to get things going. I agree. I'm also going under on A&M. Um, you talk about the receivers, but you know none of them are really proven playmakers. Um, there's some potential there, but 
outside of Travion Williams, I, I don't see that proven playmaker on the offense. And then the defense, I think eventually it's going to be great under Mike Elko. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. Uh, there is some talent there on the roster, but given the way they played last year, it's just hard for me to believe that they're going to be at the level they need to be um, right away, and especially against their schedule. Clemson at Alabama, at Auburn, at Mississippi State, and at South Carolina. That is yeah. insane. So That's five. Like, that's right there. It's just... I know. I know. So I say they go seven and five, and that's that'd be fine. That'd be fine for year one for yeah. Jimbo. And with the recruiting the way it is, you know, they're right on track. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is This is a very similar kind of approach as you look at Nebraska with Scott Frost they're kind of transitioning uh, an offensive scheme and and so this is almost like year 0 for these coaches and and I am high on the future of of A&M and and Jimbo like you guys have touched on with their recruiting but but this is a transition year and the the defense last year just to kind of elaborate the point they gave up 35 points or more in 6 games last year so they have a lot bad? of they have a lot of room to improve, so I'm also going to lean under on the Aggies. All right, let's move on to our next dark horse. And who's that, Trey? The LSU Tigers. They're sitting at seven and a half with the under being favored at minus 140. So we're going to find a lot out about LSU in week one when they play Miami. Now, unfortunately, Ed Orgeron looks like he's he might be in trouble unless he finds a way to redeem himself this year. At quarterback, which is always the issue for LSU, it looks like it'll be Joe Burrow, the transfer from Ohio State, but he's not going to have a guy like Darius Geis to hand it to. They do bring in a transfer wideout from Texas Tech, Jonathan Giles, who he's going to be a top target. He had 13 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards receiving a couple years ago. Now, granted, that was in a Texas Tech offense, but he's a playmaker. The defense, it has some optimism for, for Dave Aranda. They return linebacker Devin White, who led the conference in tackles, and then Greedy Greedy Williams is a lockdown corner, and he's a he's a first round talent. Really, they don't have a ton of depth across the board, but they have nice pieces throughout the offense and defense. Overall, though, the problem is their schedule. They drew Georgia and Florida from the East, and and two of the first three games are versus Miami and at Auburn. So I'm going to go under solely based on the difficult schedule and the unknowns at quarterback. Okay, Trey. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not really sure why, but I'm. I'm actually going over on the Tigers this year. <laughs> it seems like whenever people expect a lot of them, they they do tend to disappoint. But I don't think anybody's expecting too much from them this year. So I think they're going to surprise some folks. They still have a ton of talent to work with, and you know, I, I think Joe Burrow will be solid. He's had some good coaching for the last few years. Um, they do bring in, in addition to the Jonathan Giles, they bring in Terrence Marshall. He's a five star freshman, so he should make a that wide receiver group pretty dangerous and I think it was huge for to keep Dave Aranda down in Baton Rouge Texas A&M really wanted him um, but they were able to to keep him there and he'll be able to put in his entire system so I think the defense will be stellar Um, and they get they have a couple additions on the D-line Tyler Shelvin who had to sit out academically last year he's he'll be uh, up there up front and so same with Braden Fajuco who's another Texas Tech transfer up front so um, I don't think LSU is going to be amazing, but uh, I expect them to do enough to get over the seven and a half. So like you, Ryan, I, I do like Joe Burrow, but 
I think if people are expecting better quarterback play than last year, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, obviously the narrative is that LSU has struggled at quarterback for, you know, quite a long time. And for the most part, that's, you know, that's true. But you don't think he can be better, better than Danny Eatling? Danny Eatling was actually quietly really good last year. 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. He had nine yards per attempt. Like he had a really good year. I know he, he gets made fun of a lot, but. Yeah, I don't think there's any way Joe Burrow is as efficient as that this year. So I think the offense is is going to take a step back. Actually, um, the defense I, I think obviously has some stars on it, but they did lose some guys too. Arden Key gone to the NFL. Uh, they lost their you know outside of Greedy Williams, their top two corners in Dante Jackson and Kevin Tolliver. Uh, so I think a cornerback spot opposite Greedy Williams is a bit of a question mark. Um, so overall, I think. Defense about as good, offense gets worse, and I say seven and five under. But let's move on to our long shots, and our first long shot is Ole Miss. Their season win total is set at six. The over is a slight favorite at minus 125. So Ole Miss is, uh, they're going to be like, speaking of Texas Tech, a kind of a classic Texas Tech team, great offense, terrible defense, (laughs) and they actually play Texas Tech week one, so that should be an interesting game, but Jordan Tamu is the clear starter at quarterback. He, of course, came in last year after Shea Patterson was injured and played better than than Shea Patterson. And I don't know, maybe that's part of the reason Patterson transferred because he was far from guaranteed a starting spot if he stayed. Um, and he's going to be surrounded by the best receiving core in the country, led by A.J. Brown, of course. The O-line is very good behind left tackle Greg Little, who's going to be a first-round pick possibly next year. So offense is great. Yep. And then, of course, the defense is very bad. Uh, <laughs> they allowed 270 rushing yards per game wow. in SEC play last year. So it's not good. And there's not really much reason to think it's going to get much better. But I do think the easy non-conference schedule and the strength of the offense is going to be enough to get them over at 7-5. and five. All right. Yeah. I think I think that the challenge for Matt Luke, though, is going to be keeping the team motivated after a few losses because they know that they're they're not eligible for a bowl. I mean, he, he found a way to keep them pretty motivated last year, but this is going to be year two of this. And you, you touched on the defense, how how pathetic they were. And Coach Luke, this, this offseason has been stressing to have more size and strength as opposed to speed in order to stop teams this season. So maybe they'll only allow 240 rushing yards a game. I don't know, whatever. That'd be amazing. Whatever it is. <laughs> they... We never talk about special teams, but they have a walk-on punter and a walk-on kicker this season, so it could be trying in the in the special teams category this season. So I'm going to go under, as I just don't trust the defense, possibly the special teams, or the motivation in year two with with no bowl possibility. Yeah, I agree with you, Trey. I got to go under on Ole Miss. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to to get over that that win total to get to seven and five with their run defense the way it is. I just don't see how they're going to be able to compete. And also on offense, they lose their best their best running back, um, Jordan Wilkins. Yeah, that's a big loss. Yeah, I mean, that's a big loss. So you, you might struggle a little bit rushing the ball on offense. You might struggle a little bit stopping the run on defense. It's just not a good recipe. Uh, so I'm going to go under on uh, Ole Miss. Okay, we are finally to our last long shot. Who's that, Ryan? That would be the Razorbacks, Arkansas. They are, uh, their win total set at five and a half and the over is, uh, the favorite there, minus 130. 
Chad Morris era begins in Fayetteville, and you'd think uh, with his innovative offense and his recruiting ties to Texas that he should be able to make Arkansas a competitive team, even in the SEC West. There appears to be a quarterback battle between junior Ty Story and sophomore Cole Kelly, uh, and Chad Morris has been pretty adamant he's not going to name a starter till later in the in, in camp. Um, the offensive line has struggled mightily the last couple years, but maybe the switch to the spread might help uh, those guys up front a little bit. Uh, he does have some decent talent at the skill positions to work with. He gets Jared Cornelius back from injury, and leading receiver Jonathan Nance is also back at receiver. Um, and they actually have a familiar name at defensive coordinator, John Chavis, who's at his 14th SEC school now. Oh, wow, um, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd think he'd be able to help out a defense that ranked last in the SEC in sacks and tackles for loss. I think he'll, he'll have an experienced secondary to lean on, so that should help. But I just don't see them being all that great in Morris's first year. So I think uh, they'll go under at five and seven. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not really high on Arkansas this year with, with Chad Morris. He's got his, his work cut out for him. And, you know, I thought he was going to do great things down at, maybe not great things, but I thought he was going to excel down at SMU. And he just, his offense was pretty solid, but he just, their team was never very really that good, that all that good. They never got over the hump down there. They well, were good, but just, yeah. I think that's a little harsh. He, t- they, when he took them over, they were awful. And totally agree. he definitely had them in the right direction so i mean, I don't know i think that is i'd give him maybe an a minus for that for that job down there yeah he did good but not amazing okay 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 now in in terms of this arkansas team they're also going to have to transfer transition from more of a, a pro style offense to to the up tempo spread style but you know morris he, he excels at offense so he should figure out ways to work out those kinks this season and they do have a solid stable of running backs with guys like Whaley and Hayden. So those guys should be, should be great. And like you touched on Ryan, their defense hasn't been much in, in recent years, but they should take at least somewhat of a step forward. I know that's not saying much since they've been towards the bottom of the sec, but they Chavis should be able to, to lead them to a little bit better production there. And this is a crazy thing about their schedule after their game at Auburn on September 22nd, they don't play a true road game until November 17th. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So I, I, I'm i not high on Arkansas, but I think with that schedule, they're going to just get over the total. Wow. Okay, I'm going to go under on Arkansas. I mean, I like a few players on the defense, but overall, they're so far behind the rest of the division, um, except for Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I like the running back core, like you said, but... Overall, I just I don't find much that excites me about this team. And I think, no. you know, it took Chad Morris, you know, it, it it didn't happen right away at SMU. And I think the same thing will happen here. But if if I'm looking long term and I'm an Arkansas fan, I'm happy with the Chad Morris hire. I think at SMU, he did prove to be a, a good coach. But there's also a part of me that's I don't know, I'd be really worried because the rest of the division is so brutal that yeah. there's a chance, even if he is a good coach, that it just doesn't happen for him. Because you got, of course, Alabama, Auburn, A&M now with Jimbo recruiting, LSU with their built-in recruiting advantage. And obviously, I'm a big fan of Joe, Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. And, you know, they've yep. got a head start on Arkansas, of course. So, I don't know. I mean, someone's got to be at the bottom of this division over the next few years. And obviously, Ole Miss will probably be one of those teams. But Arkansas looks to be the, the candidate for the other. Yeah, it's a tough draw. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, that does it for our tiered rankings. Let's move on to the hot seat, and Trey, it is your turn to sit on the hot seat. 
Dun, dun, dun. First question, who is the best quarterback in the SEC West? Well, we all know Ryan thinks it's Kellen Mond. <laughs> oh, no doubt. But I think it. I think it's Nick Fitzgerald. I know he's coming off the injury, but with him teamed up with Moorhead and the the rest of the returning talent in Starkville, he could have an all SEC or maybe all American type season. Okay, I like that one. Um, I mean, that's a tough. I mean, I hate to butt in here on Trey's hot seat time, but man, Jarrett Stidham, Tua. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you a know. lot of good options. Yeah, surprisingly, it's yeah. not necessarily a quarterback yeah. conference. Yeah, Ta- Ta'amu. It's a hard choice. It's a hard pick. Um, which under the radar non-conference game involving a team from the SEC West should people be watching? Well, we talked about some of those big ones earlier: the Auburn, Washington, Clemson, A and M, Miami, LSU. Those guys. We also briefly mentioned the one I'm going to choose for under the radar: Mississippi State at Kansas State. If the Bulldogs win in the Little Apple. There's a real possibility they could be 5-0 and before facing Auburn in Starkville for a big West division showdown. Over under two and a half more national championships for Nick Saban at Alabama. I have to go under. I, you know, at some point his end or sorry, his reign has to end, right? You know, we already saw how, how Georgia came oh so close to dethron- dethroning them last year. We see Georgia recruiting at, at a, the level, if not better than Bama. Auburn's always gunning for them. Jimbo and AM are on the rise. The West now is just so much deeper than what it has been. So I'm going to say under. All right. Which SEC West head coaches would you most and least like to be stuck in an elevator with? Ooh. Most like to, I would say Ed Orgeron. I know he can be overbearing, and especially in those small confines, but I think he would provide humor and entertainment, and I would be learn a lot from from coach o now probably the least would be i think it's the obvious is nick saban and i think he kind of gets a bad rap he puts it he kind of plays it in the media as being kind of a negative nancy but you know i just still don't see the so much fun and joy out of it especially in a situation like being stuck in an elevator i don't see him being too happy especially couldn't he could he wouldn't have access to any little debbies so oh yeah i would i would say saban all right good job trey I'm just curious, what what would you learn from Coach O? Just like good gumbo recipes or... Yeah, exactly. No, okay. he would. How... it would be not football related. He would tell me something <laughs> that would be like so off the radar that I wasn't even expecting it. Yeah, just how many, how many cans of Red Bull to put in your gumbo? Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's close out the episode with a questionable finish. Some Alabama fans were upset this offseason by UCF's persistent claims that Alabama was not the true national champion. What is something that's been said about you that hurt your feelings? I'll start here. When I was uh, when I played high school basketball, I was playing a game. I happened several games, but one game in particular we were playing and we were on the road and the opposing team's fans were just all yelling at me for they'd call me Bigfoot, Shaq. Uh, mini me, you know, I'm not exactly the <laughs> tallest guy, so uh, it has said some hurtful things about my height. Maybe that's where my low self-esteem comes from, Michael. <laughs> Poor Ryan, the high school basketball <laughs> fans got to you. <laughs> now, I, that's, a, that's actually, that's a good one. I, I've been pretty fortunate. I don't, I don't, can't think of too many times where my feelings have, have been hurt, but the closest I can think of is, is when people make fun of me for being from Nebraska, as if I was like a hick farm boy or something, or I lived 
you know, on the farm with the cows and corn. And <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so for me, it was a few years ago. I, I started an L.A. Clippers podcast and really had no idea what I was doing. And it was awful. I didn't realize it at the time I didn't, how bad it was. But we got our first comment on the website. So I clicked in to see it. I was really excited. And it said, this is word for word. It said, you guys suck. Roll Tide. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious. All right, next question. Mississippi State head coach Joe Moorhead's first text after getting the job was to quarterback Nick Fitzgerald, and he told him to clear some space on his mantle for a Heisman Trophy. What do you think was Jimbo Fisher's first text after receiving the A&M job? Very simple. Cha-ching. <laughs> I, I, he probably, probably, maybe to like his ex-wife Ooh, to, to rub it yeah. in, or maybe it was his friends. So I think he texted, mine's similar, I think he texted uh, maybe a bank in College Station and just told them to clear some space in the vault for that 75 mil. There you go. I think it was probably to Kellen Mond, uh, and, and Jimbo said, you're not seriously a quarterback, are you? Oh, oh my God, God. Ryan, you just oh vanity! <laughs> this is this is beyond Hornybrook level insults, Ryan. He's Kellen Mond is a talented guy. Okay, I, he, exactly. I agree. He's very talented. Just oh gosh, maybe a wide receiver or something. Wow! Oh my God. All right, name something as likely as Arkansas winning the division. I'll go first. I'll say it's as likely that Alabama attempts to kick a last-second 57-yard field goal <laughs> in this year's Iron Bowl. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, I'll say it's as likely as me dying from being left-handed and using a right-handed product incorrectly. <laughs> that was That's out of nowhere. That's a 1 in 4.4 million chance. Well, where did you find that? I just looked up stuff that's unlikely to happen, and that was one of the things that I found. <laughs> what? I was like, hey, I'm left-handed, so. Oh, wow. All right. I think it's as likely as famous alum Jerry Jones not being outspoken and stopping his talk about the national anthem or against Roger Goodell. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for our SEC West preview. Hit us up on Twitter, at CFB Bros, and let us know if you agreed or disagreed with our picks in this episode. We'll be back next week to preview the SEC East and championship. Thanks for listening. Actually, wait a sec. Wait a sec. I feel like it's been a while. Would you guys like Bruce, Bruce Feldman to close out this episode? Oh, Bruce. Cushy socks and soft underwear. Man, it just makes a guy feel great. (laughs) It never gets old. Thanks, Bruce. See you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. 